It's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got an opinion? You can call the show on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Two seconds left. Snap. Williams over the middle. Toss back. Running around towards the 10 to the right. Knocked down. Williams has it back. He's ripped around. Still on the ground at the 5. Still escaping to the right. Chucks it to the right where it's caught by Jones down the sideline. Back over to the middle. A lineman has it. Now swing it out to the left. Bynum now to the sideline. It's loose on the sideline. It's It's over. over. It's over. Tulane has done it. Unbelievable. It's the biggest win all time for the Tulane Green Wave. We were really, really close. And the line to do that, the line to finish and win these big games like we had here at the end, it's so thin, man. It's a fine line. It's, it's, It's one play here or there, and it changes everything. And that's how close we are. You suck, you jackass. Oh, what a game, huh? And listening to that final call, it gives a football play-by-play guy a little bit of appreciation for what happens in a hockey game, right? For uh, 60 straight minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. That was was crazy. Uh, What an ending. you know, USC went on that run there in the, uh, what, the second quarter, and you just felt like, man, you know, Tulane's a good team, but I just don't think that they're going to have the offense to be able to stick around in this thing. But they came awake in the second half, had some big plays. I, I think the play of the game is the special teams blunder. Mario Williams, yeah, I do too. How does that even happen? I, I You know I, what's weird? I don't know how that happens in that spot. Oof. I was trying to, because I heard all of this conversation, obviously, about the defense at USC and how horrible they are, and I was trying to find the replay of what exactly he did. I, I, when I was watching it on television, it was I, I got it like right as the official was like signaling that it was on the one, and for whatever reason, I just didn't rewind it at that point. So I, I never got to see it. I can't find that replay anywhere. It's as if the play never even happened. Well, they probably deleted really it from the, the internet. Game. Yeah, they probably called in some favors up there and uh, had that deleted somewhere. But yeah, that was that was, was like, the play of the game. They, I hey, was searching least... Mario Williams' kickoff return and all of that stuff, and I was getting like him an Oklahoma kickoff return. You at least go to overtime if that doesn't happen. At least you probably right. go to overtime. So yeah, that was bad. No, hey man, it was glorious though. And the stats coming out of this game are, you know, some of them are fun. Six losses while leading by 14 points or more. Well, Mm. some of those aren't fun to think about, those 14 (laughs) losses when you're up by 14 points or more. Um, But USC had a 99.8% chance to win with four and a half minutes left after they were up by 15 points. 99.8% chance to win. And not only did they lose, but they lost in regulation. Like, everything 
has to go wrong the rest of the way in four and a half minutes for you to lose and lose in regulation that spot. And that, that's exactly yeah. what happened, man. Exactly what happened. Well, what was the first stat? How many losses? That is uh, six losses for Lincoln Riley as a head coach while leading by 14 points or more. Yeah, the win probability factor on ESPN did not factor that in whenever yeah. they had it at 99. It would have been 8. around 61% <laughs> if uh, they would have factored much, that one in. Pretty much 50-50 the entire time, right, if, yeah. if uh, Lincoln's coaching the game. Owen, that was wild. 0-3 in bowl games now with a Heisman Trophy winner playing in it. That doesn't look great. Oh. And then probably what looks the worst is big-time alums. Reggie Bush, Matt Liner, Lindale White, absolutely clowning on your defense on social media. Yeah, I saw that. And you know, I think that's about as weak as it gets. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I'm not sitting here trying to... I, I, I get it. Trust me. As a former player, uh, specifically one on defense, like those are a bunch of offensive guys, right? Yes, all um, of them. All of them are skill guys. I, I understand watching your alma mater play and being upset with what it looks like. But where were those guys when they were four and eight last year? Yeah. Or the years previous, right? You finally have a. A good, solid season. You're in the Pac-12 championship. You're close to winning that game. You, uh, which I know it's because they lost to Tulane, but that Tulane football team is really good. And I know nobody wants to hear that. Nobody cares. Whatever. We saw it That's last really, year. They only won yeah. like three games last year. But no, I mean they're they're a good team for sure. They're a good team. So I just I don't know. It seems. It seems like weak after one year, the turnaround you have, like how things are set up there for the future, like the future's looking good, that you come out and you just, you totally slam them after year one and it didn't finish the way you wanted it to. And like I said, you can clown the defense all you want, but the receiver Whatever he did, mucking the ball on the one-yard line is ultimately what lost the game for him. Yeah. Lindale White, in case you didn't hear, uh, former running back at USC. That Ben don't break defense blank you brought from OU ain't going to cut it with about six exclamation marks. Um, let's see. Where was the Reggie Bush one? Someone just Oh, they broke. Like, that's the problem with that is it wasn't a bend, don't break. It broke. Yeah, there was no bending. It snapped. There was no bending going on at all. Um, yeah, Matt Leinert had something to say about it as well. So that, that kind of got you uh, – I don't know if triggered is the right word. But I, I see all this chatter after the game about Alex Grinch. He's probably going to get fired. Lincoln wouldn't commit to him moving forward. And, like, I don't feel bad for Alex Grinch, and I know that nobody else does around here. But my thought was like, okay, if Lincoln wants to fire Alex Grinch, fine. Go ahead and do it. Maybe he fires him in the middle of the year like he did his last defensive coordinator. Like, that's not going to fix anything, man. I, I, I know Alex Grinch got clowned on yesterday. I mean, he is the defensive coordinator, so ultimately that's his job. But 
Until he switches up the identity of his program, it's going to be more of the same. I don't care who the defensive coordinator is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. It, it's There's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot that goes into it. I just, you know, I watched just watching the the playoff, right? Which, by the way, the games we had were amazing. Best day of semifinals. Not really even all that close. Not close at all. I, I watched the number one defense in the country give up, what, 41? I watched the number five defense in the country give up 51. I mean, college football right now, it is incredibly difficult to play defense. And one of the main reasons it's difficult to play defense is because they blatantly allow the offense to get away with something that is against the rules in the playbook. Whenever they do the RPO and they merge the run and pass, and you have offensive linemen that are blocking running plays downfield while you're throwing the football. And I, a lot of stuff they're doing that's some of it blatantly illegal, other stuff is on the fringes, it makes it very difficult for these defenses to get stops. I mean, I, obviously USC has to get better defensively. Uh, and yes. obviously – Oklahoma has to get better defensively. And a lot of our problems, and I'm not even I, – I don't even really care to to talk about USC's. I don't know them enough to know what their issues have been. But I, our problems are, are separate. Like, we're going to get a lot better just based on experience. And we've got to be become a better tackling football team. We've got to become a, a smarter football team. But, I mean, even experienced, smart football teams – like Georgia or Michigan, can give up an avalanche of points in a hurry. Yeah, Kirby was asked about that earlier today, uh, oddly enough, about the high-scoring semifinals. And, yeah, his team was involved in that. He said, as season goes on in the semifinals and final, scoring has to be going up. What is it? It's hard to pinpoint. It's hard to play quality defense anymore. It seems tackling becomes worse as the season goes on and there's more scoring. So, yeah, even the best defense in the country is having an issue with it right now. Yeah, well, you know, tackling is tackling's an issue across the country. You know, there's, there's all kinds of safety concerns with that. Um, you know, and, and the concussion stuff has changed the way teams practice and can practice per the rules and how they teach tackling and, you know, there, there's a lot of that there, but, yeah, I don't know. There's a bunch of things, and Kirby Smart is in a position to not start blasting a bunch of different things out there. Like, if you, if you were at the post game with Kirby Smart and he's having a couple of beers, he'll tell you really quickly why there's so many points being scored. Yeah, and then you know? he'll also tell you that Stetson Bennett wasn't good enough on Saturday, just like he did publicly on the podium after the <laughs> Beach Bowl. He's, he, I mean, there, there's video of him. Basically, you know, you can't hear the audio of it, but you can tell by the facial expressions that he's kind of telling Stetson, like, come on, man, you got to be better than that, man. What's going on? You know? And then he basically yep. said that in the postgame interview. Like, he's got to be better if we want to win the next one. It's like, dang, Kirby. Woo, I love it.
How about TCU? Yeah. Huh? That three three five defense held up, didn't it? I know JJ Man. McCarthy was talking smack about it uh, a few days before the game, saying, "Ha, huh, that three three five defense. This Big Ten team just going to roll through that." Uh, JJ McCarthy, you're the reason why Michigan lost. Did he throw two pick sixes? Uh, At least one. Yeah, yeah, he did. And you know that that defense, like what they held them to six at halftime. Yeah. Right, what it was twenty-one-six, I think, at half, Correct. and they couldn't do anything, and they finally were able to to open it up and started having some se- success there in the second half. But yeah, man, I'll tell you that freshman nose guard going up against one of the best all-around players in college football, Remington Award winner, Outland Trophy Award winner, uh, Oluwatimi, the the center for Michigan, dude, that was. An unbelievable, uh, unbelievable performance by that kid. Amazing. Saturday was an awesome day for college football. The Sugar Bowl wasn't all that great earlier on in the day, but those two semifinal games, um, golly, that was big time, man. And and yeah. I know that we're about to move to a twelve-team playoff, but I yeah, that Saturday is going to stand as the best day ever for the fourteen playoff. Those two games. Yeah. Uh, which shout out to my buddy just sent a. Uh, sent, <laughs> it probably took him ten seconds to locate the Mario Williams well, text uh, line. Text line found it as well. About twenty people, so <laughs> it is, it is indeed a you problem once again. Oh wow! Unbelievable! Yeah, that was fun, man. Fun football. Good weekend of football for sure. Uh, the bowl, the bowl games were on. awesome this season. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of really entertaining bowl games, including that Cotton Bowl yesterday. Yesterday, the Cotton Bowl may have been the highlight of my uh, 2023 football season. Really? I'm just trying to figure out what can possibly top that in, in, in this calendar year. It's going to be How it's about, gonna be tough. Is that the entire um, currently living Tulane alumni base that showed up for the uh, for the game yesterday. Is that everyone that's ever attended the university? Well, I think um, did Tulane have anyone at the game older than twenty four years old? Judging by the crowd shots, the answer to that is no. And clothing appeared to be optional. Very optional. You know, yeah, it must have been warm <laughs> inside AT and T Stadium. Uh, there was a there was a bunch of of high school boys watching that game thinking, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and send out my uh, my uh, paperwork to Tulane just to see if I get accepted. Well, you never know. There You'd was never know. there were a lot of rumors that Michael Pratt was going to transfer out of Tulane at the end of this year, and the take yesterday was like, oh, okay, so that's why Pratt's going back to Tulane next season. Okay, yeah, no Makes kidding. Sense. Did you did you see? The picture of Willie Fritz in college as a football player? With the mohawk? Yes, I did. Yes. Uh, of course mo- that guy's going to beat Muleshoe. Of course that guy's going to win every single time. Well, he didn't win last year, I guess, but he, he, he was going to win this time around. That looks like a freshman hazing uh, mohawk, not like a legit one. One of your buddies did it after eight beers in the dormitory the night before mohawk. Well, but I think it looks like wore, the barber in Fort Gibson that was blind in one eye yeah, while you were growing yeah. up. Bud Huggins. Yeah. That's right. Used to give me my uh, my Caddy Wampus flat top. 
Well, speaking of great, uh, we got we got to get to Bob Stoops coming up next. But speaking of great crowd shots from this weekend, and there were plenty of them. Maybe my favorite, and I know some out there have seen it, but I, it's early in the game of the Michigan TCU game, and they pan to this couple who are you know in their mid late forties, maybe a little bit older than that. I don't know, but you can see the wife mouth to the husband. Oh well, maybe they are really good. Like they, they go into the game having no expectations for TCU, and these Michigan fans are like, "Oh, they're on top of us early. Maybe they're kind of good." Oh, uh, uh, uh oh. That is hilarious. Texas Central is actually a pretty good football team. Yeah, that's great. Texas Central. Uh, that is great. All right, let's hit a timeout. Hanging out at Newcastle Casino today. Uh, hit us on the text line six five one three four three nine. Bob Stoops going to join us next, talking a little uh, bowl season football. Stay with us. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. Open enrollment for healthcare coverage has been extended. If you missed the initial 12-15 deadline, you can still purchase 2023 coverage up until January 15th. Call Allison Insurance with over 70 years in the industry. Allison Insurance can help spot problems and avoid common mistakes when purchasing dental, vision, short-term health coverage, annuities, and more. Visit allisoninsurance.com. Then call Robert at 800-580-5587. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. He joins us every single Tuesday at 320. Brought to you by Modelo. He's Coach Bob Stoops. Bob, Happy New Year. How was the trip to Orlando last week? Uh, it was great. Um, you know, I uh, wish we'd have won. I thought our guys really played hard and tough. And, uh, you know, just came up a little short. But but it's uh, it was uh, good to be in Florida with some good weather there for a while. Yeah, it was a it was really good football game, and I know we don't, you know, we want to win everything, and and I understand that, but I thought there was a lot of good positives to take away from it. We got some really good play from a lot of young, inexperienced guys. Had some young freshmen out there. Had you know plenty of uh, what well, we end up with four, and then I guess a fifth offensive lineman after Sexton went down that, you know, for the most part, played some pretty good football against that tough Florida State defensive line. Yeah, definitely. No, I thought, heck, when you can run the ball for whatever, over 250 yards against anybody, let alone a 9-3 and three team, uh, you're doing a lot of things right when you're without that many starters up front and you're without your number one running back. So uh, I thought they, they really did do a good job. I thought Dylan played well, and, uh, you know, so just a tough one to lose, and, you know, just another series, uh, you know, to to pick up on offense or defense, one more stop, and, you know, and you've got a chance to be on the other side of it, and I, listen, nobody needs to tell me I lived it, I don't want to hear everyone jump in on, he doesn't know what he's talking about, or bottom line is I do, and sometimes it is that close. And uh, but I, I total confidence in the staff and what they're doing and the recruiting year they've had and all of it. I, I believe we're we still got great things coming. One of the bigger takeaways was uh, Gavin Sawchuk and how well he played and, and Barnes played well too. We just hadn't seen a whole lot of Gavin Sawchuk this year. What um, what were maybe one or two things that impressed you the most seeing him uh, carry the ball on on Thursday night? Yeah. Um, 
I anticipated it because I've, I've, you know, I've seen tape and have watched how quick he is and how fast he is. So that was fun to watch. Uh, just uh, the electric speed uh, that he has is, you know, it's really going to be special and fun to watch. So uh, when you get guys that are that explosive and can break away from people, that makes a big difference instead of always having to run over. So uh, that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, they, um, they, like we said, there's a bunch of young guys out there, which is good. Um, but w- whenever you see this team, and you know, it's just it's Coach Venable's first year, and it's tough to get all all of your stuff implemented, and they're working in some inexperienced guys. Uh, you know, they were bitten by some injury stuff throughout the year. But w- whenever you just kind of big picture evaluate it. What do you think are the some of the key things that they they really got to straighten up next year and to to have uh, you know a, a chance to go out and compete for the Big Twelve? Well, uh, I, I think offensively they're they're very close. Uh, yeah. I think just continue to do what you're doing and uh, you know be able to convert a few more big plays. Um, I think to go along with everything else that they're doing well. You know, and then defensively, obviously they've they've got to shore some things up and just be a little more physical up front. You know, uh, be able to dominate the run more, or at least you know, be able to control the run game more, and be able to. And I think as much as anything, big plays, uh, big play passes, being able to you know, being able to stop those and make some plays downfield would you know, we'd go a long way. Teddy, do you know what happened 22 years ago today? Uh, tell me. You, you had no idea, not even oh, a guess. Yeah. 22 it's years ago today. today. That's National Championship Day. That's right. National Championship Day. January 3rd, 2001 in the Orange Bowl. 22 years ago today, Bob, you guys won a national championship. Um, it, it, when you think back on that day now, like what, what's, is it the trophy presentation? Is it the week leading up, the preparation? Like what, what do you, what immediately comes to mind for you? You know, oddly, I remember there this, severe letdown afterwards going into my room after the night of celebration uh, that I disappointed it was over. Uh, Now, obviously excited we won it, but the fight for it, the chase for it is what's, you know, actually, and people say that, and it's the truth, that's what was the best. And uh, all of a sudden, it's like, it's over. We won it. It's like, ah, tomorrow's going to be boring. We're not chasing it anymore. You know, so uh, I guess it wasn't boring for a while. We celebrated a little bit, and all the great fans, OU fans, met us back at the stadium when our buses pulled back in the next day. Uh, I guess it was into the evening. But uh, anyhow, yes, I just can remember the, the little the, the letdowns that, man, you know, just disappointed it was over. But, of course, you know, of course, proud of our guys and glad that we won it. Yeah. It's the chase, you know. It's not the moment at the end is is great. Not saying it's not, but it's the chase. The you know six eight months or whatever it is leading up to it that everyone kind of pulls together. And I'll tell you, a team that is doing that right now looks like TCU. They found themselves in the in the championship. What do you think about TCU? They got a shot against Georgia. Oh yeah, how could you not? Uh, give give them credit. Congrats, Sonny Dykes, the whole staff. All those guys have played so well, uh, so well. And um, both sides of the ball, 
So, um, heck, heck, yeah, they got a chance. When you, they're that one of those. They're like we were in 2000. Just you just feel mm-hmm. it. They're a team of destiny, and uh, they make the plays when they got to make them. Uh, you know, I think we were a 13 or 14 point dog going into the national championship, a game against Florida State. And, um, you know, and we handled it, and I, I think they can too, definitely. They're, they're, that's going to be a heck of a game. Some of your former players have had, I mean, great seasons as head coach. And I'm sure I'm going to miss someone. Josh Heupel won the uh, Orange Bowl on Friday. And then Teddy went down to uh, McKinney to see Brandon Moore coach in a national championship game. There, there's at yeah. least a couple guys. I probably missed someone there, Bob. But a couple guys playing in pretty uh, big-time games here in the month of December, which is probably pretty cool for yeah. you. Uh, no, it's awesome. I, I love it. Um, just watching all these guys play and do so well, and uh, you're always rooting for them. And uh, Sharon Moore is also the play caller for and, and no coordinator with Michigan, who's had right. a great year. Sharon was with us too. I forget which exact years, but a few years. And so anyway, it's uh, I'm ex- I'm always excited to see you know these guys do well and play well. You know, guys that have played for us. Yep, it's been a fun bowl season. There's a bunch of good games out there, and uh, I'm looking forward to this championship. And I guess we'll talk to you uh, the day after it next week and and see what you thought as well. It's been a, it's been a fun ride so far, Coach. We appreciate you stopping by. Okay, guys, great to be with you. Boomer Thanks, Jonas. Coach. There you go. Good stuff. Yeah, that is. Brought to you by Modelo, by the way. Appreciate Bob for hopping on with us uh, every single Tuesday at 3.20. And uh, here in a few weeks, we'll be talking a little XFL with the, uh, with the head right. coach there, which will be cool. That's right. They start the week after the Super Bowl, so about a month out. I bet he's, he's probably down there working right now. Uh, if they haven't gotten into camp, they're probably at least preparing to, to start camp and getting all of their their x's and o's dialed in and and uh schedules and everything getting all the players uh travel and everything arranged there's a lot that goes into it so yeah that'll be cool kendall Um, says uh uh how about malcolm kelly with tcu yeah he's had a pretty good year (laughs) tcu's wide receivers have been really good this year well to bob's point they're they're everywhere Mm -hmm. there's guy or in your point there there's coaches that are absolutely everywhere um that he either coached his players or uh, were on his staff as as coaches and and got their start there. So, yeah, um, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, forgot all about uh, the guy that's about to coach in the national championship. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and and man, what um, what an ending to the season for Josh Heupel. You know, they had that yeah. devastating loss at South Carolina, and that really could have, you know, been the sour note in kind of the end of their season. But I, I don't know if that – actually, I do know. I think that makes his coaching job this year even that more impressive. And it was already impressive enough. He was like, you know, a finalist basically for coach of the year. But to lose your starting quarterback and still win a New Year's Six Bowl against Clemson and really kind of dominate the way that they did, that validates a lot of things that he has going on out there. Like, yes, he had a yeah. really good quarterback this year with Hinton Hooker, and you can't take that away. But I wonder if Tennessee fans feel even more optimistic about the future that they did some really nice things with their backup, too. I'm going to no, guess yeah. that they, they probably do. I agree. Um, let me uh, ask you this. Okay. 
is Joe Milton? Does Joe Milton have the strongest arm you've ever seen in your life at quarterback, or what? It's Joe Milton or Josh Allen? I can't decide between the two. One or two between those two guys. That do, he looks like he looks like the predator back there playing quarterback. He is so huge, it's ridiculous, man. That was cool to watch. That was fun. They got a five star right. coming in next year too, so they they might yeah. just be okay at QB moving forward. Yeah. All right. Uh, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Uh, hour number one rolls on. Keep hitting the text line. We'll get to some of those next. Six five one three four three nine. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is the ref. The best place to play in 2023 is right here at Riverwind. over 2,800 of your favorite games. But pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes, you can stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. To learn your risk, take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hey, y'all, I'm Kelly Clarkson. Every American dreams of creating a better life for his or her family, but in some communities, those dreams face difficult challenges. When we come together to help those in need get the same opportunities as everyone else, we truly are making our country a better place to live for all of us. So look for volunteer opportunities in your community to help others achieve the American dream, all right? This message is courtesy of the United States Air Force. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. What were you telling me during the break? The Under Armour All American uh, game, like the channel has changed on that. Say ESPN. Yeah, I I just saw, and maybe this is old, but I saw Oklahoma football tweet out something that it was going to be on ESPN two, I believe, instead of whatever it was originally scheduled to be on. Supposed to be on ESPN at four, and they moved it. Yeah. Okay. It says update. Under Armour All-American game will now air on ESPN2. So I'm guess I don't know. Who knows what they've uh, what they've moved there. But it didn't say a change in time, so I'm guessing the time is the same. Uh, I just saw this one. Ask Coach what is a fair consequence for fake injuries. I wish I would have seen that. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I wonder what he would have said about the fake injuries that Which, happened in the Cheez-It Bowl. I've got something to say about that. Okay. Which – you know, I think everyone is aware of the situation that happened last night, right? Uh, Hamlin goes down in the game, cardiac arrest. They have to give him CPR right there on the field with all the players around. And and here's the thing. And, you know, I, I was super critical of Florida State uh, right after the game about the the fake injury thing and this is this is you know it's part of it but this is a big part of it i when someone is severely injured like especially whenever you've got something that's a cardiac arrest and essentially you've got someone that's dying on the field every second is critical and when guys are just laying out there on the field whenever they're not injured it 
it like desensitizes everyone to someone laying on the field, including yeah. officials and including um, medical staff. That's true. If you watch that video from last night, he makes the tackle, he stands up, and he collapses. The official standing right there kind of like puts his hands up as if to shrug saying, oh, here we go again, and like blows the whistle and waves his arms because it looked like what we've seen with players taking a dive or something, right? And I'm not suggesting that that delayed last night the uh, the assistance he needed, but it very easily could have. Yep. And that, that's another reason to me that you don't lay on a football field unless you're injured. And to me, it, that what occurred last night should give anyone that's a um, a critic of how things have unfolded ammunition to be able to get the rule changed to where if you lay on the field, you're out for an extended amount of time. I, 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 uh, that's, that's great points all the way around. I agree with all that. Text line says 15 yards for a fake injury. I don't know how you're ever going to prove if it's you a fake injury or not. It is yeah, the thing. You can't. Can't do it. You, you know, because the guy's going to go over there to the sideline, and then at that point the officials are back in the game. It's not their job to assess – whether a guy has a cramp or like what's going on out there. But what they can do is jot down number 69, went down. <laughs> he, can, he cannot come back in this drive and should have to sit the next drive uh, out as well. Of course, it's number 69 that has to sit out. Yeah. Uh, any injury sure. must be taken seriously, fake or otherwise. Just change the rule that any injured player must miss 15 total minutes of game time. That's from Chapstick. I think that's a little aggressive. Yeah. I, I like maybe missing the rest of the drive, like Peyton's saying. I'm, I'm a little bit closer no, to that. No, it's got to be more. It's got to be more than that because, like, once you're down in the red zone and perhaps you're a play or two away, then it's not a penalty. It's got to be the rest of that drive and the next drive. Uh, well, I'm just saying I'm closer to that than I am 15 minutes yeah. of game time. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you though personally, if. If you are laying on the field, you shouldn't come back in, period, in my opinion. The entire game? I don't know that. You're out for the rest yeah. of the game? Whoa. Yeah. You can stand up and and tell the official, hey, I, I got to come out. But I don't know. It's If you're laying down on the ground writhing in pain, like something severe has happened to you. Well, here's the unfortunate thing, and Brazilian Sooner is right. I mean, it's just kind of it, – it's in all sports now. Um, I guess yeah. kind of started in soccer 20 years ago, he's pointing out. Definitely in the NBA. Basketball. And then now it's now it's in football to, to slow down up-tempo teams. Yep. It, it is – it's not done in like, – and I understand part of it. Like, I, I get it football-wise – you know, they're going as fast as they can. It's gassing your team out. They're just hitting you for chunks. They're not changing personnel. You can't sub. I I understand. I mean, I, I get what's going on. But, unfortunately, the fake injury situation is is not the way to go because I, I believe that it's dangerous. they got to create something else. Like, maybe after a certain amount of plays, 
maybe after every five plays, the defense needs to be allowed to change personnel, except for under two minutes or something like that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think there's an easy way around it. Um, To tie that back into to – the tempo worked about as well as it had all year long in that Cheez It Bowl, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I I think we, we saw some teams this year, you know, do that whole thing faking injuries, but not as much as Florida State. Like OU right. OU's tempo, like maybe Florida State I they prep they had a month to prep for it, but it it, it worked pretty well and, and that's the thing, man. Like they had sustained drives in that game. And I feel mm-hmm. like if you don't have to go tempo every single drive and you only go tempo 30% of the time, 40% of the time, I got to think it's going to be way more effective when you actually do go tempo in a game if it's not every single series like it was at times this year. Yeah. I, yeah. They're, the change in pace and whenever you can catch – like because when you're playing, you – when you're playing defense or, you know, just in general – you settle into what has become the rhythm of the game. And if it's fast, you settle into a fast rhythm. If it's slow, you settle into a slow rhythm. So I, I think the change of pace can really affect defenses uh, from the call coming into the side to conditioning, all of those things. But I, I do also think that if you are an up-tempo team and you play fast nonstop, like we kind of did against Florida State, that tempo can be can have a cumulative effect on a defense as far as you know just gassing them out. Sure. So I would. Uh, yeah. I'd like the five and a half minute drives with a good running game mixed in with the tempo. That's that's where I would like to live, please, if possible. Yeah. Yeah. Mix in the punishing run game with the up tempo offense. I'm gonna guess that's where yeah. they want to be too. If I had to guess. Yeah. Well. I think every team would like to be in a position where you can just hand it off and bowl right over the top of people. But it's not the reality. It's 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 pretty difficult to do that even for the most talented teams. So you got to be able to have a couple of different things up your sleeve. And I feel like our running game is going to be there next year. Yeah. At least with what we saw with a, at least at the time, a patchwork offensive line now, that could end up being your starting offensive line for the most part next year. But, you know, light on experience uh, in game and, you know, getting starting reps in practice, like that group can, can be even better for the future. And, you know, there were some real bright spots there. By the way, uh, did you hear the scuttlebutts that uh, no. Levy could be on the short list for Alabama's next offensive coordinator? I think one of the, yes, uh, the I actually sites, I did hear that. Yeah, one of the sites I think reported that they Bill O'Brien is still employed there. Correct? Did I totally miss something? And he took a job elsewhere. As far as I know, he's still their OC. Correct? As far as I know, he he is still the offensive coordinator. Hmm. And I know Alabama fans don't like him, and they're ready to see him fart or take another job. But I I don't I it didn't seem like a for sure thing that he's not going to be their OC next year. I don't know. It you know some of those things tend to happen a little later. They're from time to time. They are done after the second signing date. It's whenever you see some action, uh, trying to keep staffs locked in through the recruiting cycle. But but I don't know. 
I would I would be surprised if Levy left and went to Alabama, but I guess I can't I can't comment on whether the rumors are true or not. I have no idea. I've heard neither way. Uh, let's see. Next, NASCAR drivers are going to start faking wrecks. <laughs> nice. We just saw one about a month and a half ago. Uh, kind of faked a wreck. Did you see that where the driver on the last lap just hammered the gas and used the turn on the short, shorter track to pass? He needed to go from, I think, 10th to 4th or 5th to make it into the playoff. So he just hammered the gas and drove the <laughs> – there's stuff flying off of his car. He just uses the wall to circle all the way around on the last turn and passes everyone and gets to the spot he needed. Yeah, that's what Ricky Bobby would have done. Didn't Ricky Bobby win a race in reverse? Yeah. I think he did. That's basically the same thing. Pretty good. Uh, all right, got to hit a timeout. Quick break. Keep the text coming, 651 3439 Hanging out Newcastle Casino today, I-44, exit 107. We'll be back. The word is spreading. Being water restoration, facility maintenance, 24-7 emergency repairs. Give Cavens a call today, 405-573-3048. That's 405-573-3048 or cavensconstruction.com. I guess if you're uh, still off from work today, um, not only can you listen to us, but you've got some viewing options, according to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. ESPNU HD is showing the replay of Tulane and USC. Apparently nice. half the text line is watching that one today. And, of course, you have the uh, Under Armour All-America game coming up at 4 o'clock on ESPN2. So that's that's at the top of the hour. Uh, nice. here, here's, here's a few texts. OU Optimus says, if that's the starting offensive line next year, the passing game is in serious trouble. Need portal help at tackle at a minimum. Well, well hang on a second. Um, our starter, who was filling in after a season of being a backup because the other tackle declared for the NFL draft, got hurt right at the start of the game. So we were on... Our fifth tackle, okay, and I gotta believe I could be wrong, but like Tyler Guyton's gonna be your starting. He's gonna be a starting tackle next year. Yeah, and it would the be ceiling a on him. Upset. He is. He has an incredibly high ceiling at at tackle. Everyone uh, that knows the position and coaches the position at OU even thinks that he's got the highest ceiling of any tackle beating those coached. All right. So that's something to look, look for there with Tyler Guyton. Um, on the other end, you know, Jacob Sexton, I, I think that, you know, he's got a chance. It's going to be tough to bounce back. Like an injury that late is going to be really hard on him. But I, I do think that that offensive line performed pretty good. Savion Bird. They had over like 250 out, rushing. Yeah, they had uh, they had 253 rushing. It's hard for me to be overly critical about the way the offensive line played when they had over 253 rushing yards. They had some yeah, mistakes, yes, but the numbers looked fine. Savion Bird, it's his first start ever, and he was messing some dudes up at times in the interior. Yes, had mistakes, but 
I got to feel like with some experience that'll get cleaned up. Um, and let's come on. They're blocking a, a first-round draft pick out there, um, all of those guys on their, their first first start. So I think they'll be okay. I but, actually feel better you know, about that, things up front oh, than I, I, did, I did before the game. Way better. I, yeah. I'm, I, I feel way better. Yeah. But I will say this. I do agree, though, that we still need some portal help to address – Offensive line depth. 100%. And maybe you get a starter or two out of that. Maybe you get some rotational guys. But, yeah, I agree. We do need some uh, some offensive line help. And the recruiting class was good, too. Feels like uh, they want to add, you know, really three positions in particular moving forward in the portal. D-line. They got a D-lineman in tomorrow. Uh, D-tackle from Texas State, Devon Sears. They'd like to add another wide receiver and then offensive line help, like you said. And maybe they take some other players at other positions, but it's, it feels like D-line, O-line, and wide receiver is where they're trying to add you know, the most help here in, in this portal cycle. Listen to this. I was just handed a note, Tyler. Jordan Evans will be guest hosting tomorrow and Thursday, 12-2, awesome. with Steely. How about that? Yeah, he uh, hopped on with us for a segment during a pregame show this year and did awesome. That, that's that's going to be cool. This is going to be really Such cool. a good dude. Yeah, he is. Such a good dude. Good player. Um, that's going to be awesome. I'll be uh, be sure to tune in for that. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two is next here from Newcastle Casino. Fourteen hundred AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City, 